Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 31 and we were starting to get into, uh, uh, we did de-escalation and now I want to spend some time on positive relationships with students and then next time we're going to start talking about uh, leadership again and get into positive uh, relationships within leadership and how important that is. But positive relationships with students. And we've been talking about PBIS and what is needed. And one of the big pieces that is interwoven through all aspects of working with students is the importance of building positive relationships. Uh, it can't be overlooked. And don't confuse this with being a student's friend. It is still about high expectations. It's about fostering respect. It's about developing a good rapport with your students and pushing them in a positive way and getting the most out of them in a positive way. Uh, we rem remember we uh, mentioned in a past episode the importance of keeping that positive to negative ratio and and as I stated, I've seen it four to one, three to one, and five to one. It depends on the research you're looking at. Um, but it still needs to be high. That's the main thing. And even Randy Sprick, I was going to share out of one of his books tonight, uh, quickly, Leadership and Behavior Support. Um, they talked about, um, he talked about some researchers in general and, and said these and other researchers observed, observed in many classrooms and repeatedly found that when teachers do not overtly try to be positive, they are very likely to fall into patterns of paying three to 15 times more attention to misbehavior than to positive behavior. And I think I, we talked about the criticism trap before and how you can actually make matters worse by concentrating on those negatives because you're going to find what you look for. And if you concentrate on that, the students are going to think, well, that's what I need to do to get attention. And that's how I spend more time with my teacher. And you can kind of flip that ratio. So you need to keep the positives up keep the positives up. And then I read um, uh, the importance of poverty students uh, getting uh, positive praise as well and encouragement. And uh, and I think it was Eric Jensen's, is that one of his books that I just saw this in? It was uh, uh, poverty students need 1,100 additional affirmative statements a week, more than the average students. So 1,100 a week. So I mean, to hit that ratio, you have to be um, really working at being positive and providing encouragement and praise and productive feedback to your students. And Eric Jensen stresses the importance of relationships and I, I like a lot of his uh, resources. He's got some great resources out there. We'll probably continue to use some of those in the future. Um, but he, he talks about the importance of relationships while increasing engagement. I mean, you st still can't overlook the importance of engagement because uh, the more engagement you have and the more kids are interested and motivated, the better they're going to do and the less behavior problems you're going to have and the better rapport you're going to have and the more excited the kids are going to be and the more excited you are presenting the lessons and uh, motivating the kids, then it's going to just kind of carry over. So it, it kind of just snowballs. Uh, another resource I like is uh, Menler and ASCD, and I think it was 2001, had an excellent article that talked about um, questions to help educators develop relationships. 
Uh, he gave some excellent self-reflection questions. I've used these in some of my presentations at different times. And the, the article was connecting with students. He's got some good resources on connecting with students and um, good resources like uh, Discipline with Dignity. And I know there's a bunch of others, but uh, that's the one that immediately comes to mind. And, and he says these self-reflecting statements are so important for teachers. Let me read some of these to you. Do I believe that the student I currently see is all he or she will become? A fixed view will lock you into snap judgments about which students are worth your time. So that could also influence your teaching then. Do I believe people change? Unless you do, you can't influence change. Do I realize that teaching any most challenging or my most challenging students is what being a professional educator is all about? And if not you, who? Who's going to do it? I mean, you don't get a choice on the kids you get, and you need to take all kids, and that's in everybody's mission statements, talking about working with all students, and no matter who they are and where they come from and the background and so on. Do I truly believe that the students I teach are more important than the content that I'm teaching? And are you willing to adapt or even suspend the prescribed curriculum when it is clear the students are not learning? And this reminds me of the DeFores, you know, with the professional learning community research and how effective their learning community is and starting to think about what do you do when students are not learning and how do you work with students that are not learning. And we even talked about um, going back to courageous conversations and talking about uh, some of the things with different cultures on how you need to think about what do you do when this student is not learning um, from this culture and so on and how do you adapt to the different demographics you're working with. And one of the universal, universal PBIS skills is positive relationships, of course. And high quality adult to student relationships greatly influence behavior, um, greatly influence behavior. I asked a student once about their previous principal, because um, I always talk to students, um, and her response was that I didn't like her. And I said, what do you mean you didn't like her? And I, I asked, um, tell me more about that. And she said, well, she didn't talk to us like you do. And she meant she kind of talked down to them and basically didn't just actually talk to them, want to know uh, things they liked, things they liked to do, and things about them. So she knew it wasn't sincere and what she was hearing wasn't a genuine interest. So, I mean, kids pick up on that. And I spend a lot of time always as a principal greeting kids in the morning, uh, greeting buses at, at, at my old uh, school. We had 12 to 16 buses and I spent a lot of times uh, greeting those buses every morning and did the morning news so I could get some of that common language out, talk to kids at recess, uh, did lunch duty and lunch recess was a great time for me to put out fires and to talk to kids and to get to know kids and to develop relationships which eventually helped me in working with students. If you don't have that solid relationship, you're not going to be able to work with that student well. So when we were talking about de-escalation on the past couple episodes, uh, or three episodes we did that, um, there's so much information around that too, because if you don't have a relationship with that student and you walk by and start talking to them or trying to give them advice or, or even touch them, put your hand on their shoulder or anything like that, they could explode if they don't know you, if they don't respect you, if they don't already have that relationship with you um, so they understand that you're coming from a place of genuine care. So um, it is so important to have that relationship so that you don't 
um, escalate a student, and so you do work with them the right way. I had a new a new student say too that how come you never yell at us? And I said, well, that's not true. I get mad sometimes, and sometimes I get upset. And she said, yeah, but you don't yell all the time. You don't yell at us. And I said, well, I give you consequences. I, I am. Um, I keep to my word. I make sure, you know, if you get in trouble, you may have a consequence. You could get in trouble and this could happen and this could happen. And, and she says, yeah, you mean what you say, but you don't yell at us. And I said, well, is it going to help if I yell at you? And she said, no. So, I mean, her definite response to that was, no, it's not effective anyway. So, and I thought, well, good, I don't do that unless I'm really upset. And most of the time I don't do that. I just, it's pretty rare for me. So, so, um, and her response was the biggest thing to me, the biggest light bulb was that she said didn't do anything anyway. So all it does is uh, maybe they know what buttons to push and that's not a good thing either. So I mean developing relationships and keeping your word and developing that respect with students is, are the most important factors in working with those students. And you know Jim Fay and I've told you that before, I've talked about uh, using that I've noticed statement and picking a tough student that you have and doing the I've noticed and continually doing that with that student and they get to this point where they're they're actually saying you know that hey my teacher talks to me and they're you know interacting with me and wanting to know about certain things and that's a good way to kind of change their attitude and get you into that relationship stage with them so that they are more productive and are more easily easily uh, worked with and uh, easier for you to work with them and the best teachers of I have had have had a positive rapport with students and they're able to get them um, to achieve at a higher level. They're able to get them to really work hard and a lot of times the students are working hard for them and that's something you earn and you still have to learn the demographics of your community and your school and understand the different cultures that you have as we continue to state and as a principal, the relationships I had helped me to work with the students and everything from being active in the hallways to visiting classrooms to doing my um, Friday focus to doing my weekly look fors and coaching visits where I'd talk to the students and ask them what they're learning and what their learning targets are. Those are all a thing that helped me to develop a good rapport with the students. Uh, another one that's been around for a while is the two times 10 technique. and where you take two minutes with a student 10 days in a row, um, kind of talking to them. You have to do that carefully because I think if it's too contrived, I don't think that works too well. I think it's better if you they don't know you're actually doing this and talking to them a couple minutes each day for 10 days in a row. Uh, and it's just more of a conversation and kind of getting to know each other and developing a rapport that's gonna help you work with them. I've known people that have told them flat out, here's what I'm doing and I. I just don't think that works very well because then they see it as a formula and something you're doing to them. And it's it's better if you just start talking to them. And it's better if you show a genuine interest anyway and you get interested in them. And now with uh, digital and we're doing online, you know, Zoom and WebEx and Teams and everything else. And how do you develop relationships? Well, even with remote learning, uh, you still have to develop relationships. Your personality still comes out. Um, you still have to be a positive teacher. You still have to check on your students. Uh, it's important to use their names. It's important to share things about yourself and to um, help them to understand your personality and have some fun too um, so they can see that, that you're having fun, that you're learning and still engage 
increase that engagement. And there's no reason why you can't do some um, physical, like uh, almost go noodle type thing with them and do it on the spot and get them to do it with you and kind of keep them doing. I've seen um, teachers doing silly things like dressing up and even wearing costumes and being superheroes and things that uh, to help encourage the kids and motivate them. And at a time where they're going to need more social emotional learning and we're going to more remote learning, I think, for a while, um, you need to keep those the positivity going and focus on student success. And as the teacher, you can still calm the students and you can provide a safe place for them to connect to, which is you at the school. And they still see you at school, whether you're at home or whether you're actually doing the meeting from school but the kids still see it as a safe, secure, and stable kind of a stability to their lives. So we need to keep providing that. And there are so many resources out there. Um, Eric Jensen, oh, well, there's one more thing I want to share from Eric Jensen. I'm gonna grab his book, another one of his books. This one actually is Poor Students, Richer Teaching, Mindsets That Raise Student Achievement. Excellent book, by the way. Um, and he talks about the impact of positivity on student success. And it's interesting, they did some research to figure out how many positive students get in an upper income home, and they get uh, six to one positives to one negative. In middle class, it was two to one, so two positives to one negative. And the poverty or the poor class, was it was one positive to two negatives. So they were already starting at a deficit, and that goes back to some of that research um, we were talking about when we were talking about the need for 1,100 uh, positive comments a week in poverty so you can show how uh, that just shows how much more we need to offset that and work at that and I may use more from this book at another set because it's got some good stuff on mindsets and uh, positivity which you know I love positivity you know that already another good resource is John Gordon and John Gordon stuff I also love John Gordon stuff he has great resources out there and all his are centered around positivity and uh, the energy bus, of course, I used as a school, and it was a great way to get some common language, and the students even started saying, you know, we don't want any uh, negative energy vampires around here, and that common language develops, and I used the book as a read aloud and used some of the um, different principles from it, and I post those around my building and refer to those on the morning news, and it's, there's just some great stuff out there to help our kids and to stay positive and to develop those relationships which are going to help you help your kids succeed and in wrapping up tonight i want to end with a quote again and the mediocre teacher tells the good teacher explains the superior teacher demonstrates and the great teacher inspires and that was william arthur ward so as usual Keep promoting positive leadership and remember culture changes through successful leadership. Until next time, don't forget to stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com.